welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. And this is episode, drum roll, I forgot 17, I think it's 17. 17, oh my goodness. It's like a lot and not a lot at the same time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But we're, yeah. we're, we're, you know what, we're not far from our, our one year anniversary. We're not, we're, I feel like we're like ent- entering the terrible twos, you know, we're like, Ooh. we're going to be toddlers about this and like, we're going to get know. grumpy. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was going to try to keep extending the analogy and I'm like, listen, I'll just wrap it up there. But, um, <laughs> we're new, but we're not like totally new anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're getting more experienced out in the world. Um, this past week we had the draft, uh, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say I I I loved the broadcast. Me too. Of the draft. I loved getting introduced to these players. I loved the way they did it. I thought it was really efficient. I, I'm becoming a, a huge uh, Ryan Rico fan. Is that oh, I was right about to ask? So there's uh, so the, the 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 broadcast three and I, I, I is it Ryan Rico is the guy. Ryan Rucco's the guy, and then you have Holly Rowe on the sides, and then Rebecca and Lobo. Rebecca Lobo. Yeah. Um, they're yeah, the, I'm they're a, the staples. They're all great. Like, and Ryan Rucco's, he's like, yeah, he's like, he has a, almost like a mat for, for, for Raptors fans out there, uh, which is very specific, but we're from Toronto. Uh, he almost has a Matt Devlin quality where you're like, this guy's a bit nerdy, but he's so into it, and he's kind of funny. Yeah, I think that's the thing. He he is really into it, and he just hustles, man. Mm-hmm. That guy just feels like he's everywhere. I every time I like listen to him and 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 Lobo like on a broadcast or whatever, especially when it's the playoffs, I'm just like, you know, for the for this podcast and for you know the newness of of where we're at as far as being WNBA fans, like just like the learning curve is is so high. They they they're all, I, I feel like I learned like five things a minute when I'm listening to them. Yeah. And I think the other one on the broadcast was, uh, was it Lachina Robinson? Yes, it was Lachina yes. Robinson. Um, who's also fantastic. And I feel like I'm starting to see her more and more, which is really great. Yeah. I, I just, I just thought it flowed. I liked the, uh, in the round, uh, mm-hmm. experience, um, uh, controversial opinion, potentially I've mixed feelings on the telephone. On that red telephone that was on that table to the side that they would have players yes. spontaneously yes. pick up and there'd be somebody random Yes. on the other side. I was very confused by the telephone. Also, I'm pretty sure that's the first time any of those drafted players ever picked up a landline. Like they're so 100%. young. They're so young. Do they even know, like, were they even aware, like, oh, this is a telephone? Like, they probably just thought it was some weird, like, thing. This is. Am I underestimating the Gen Z right now? Not at all. And let me just tell you that I'm, 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 we're both, we're both millennials. I'm straying a little bit here, but I had a part-time job once where I worked in an escape game. And (laughs) anytime there was the handwriting or a rotary phone. Gen Z's were stumped hard. I'd be like, oh, oh maybe- even with handwriting, eh? Oh, yeah. They, they, they can't handwrite. Uh, I mean, it's a useless skill. Like so they only should- handwrite their name and that's like it. 
yeah, it's just not something that it like mm. needs to be known anymore. And and yeah, yeah, there was always this rotary uh phone part where people were like, I truly don't understand this like contraption. Um that's so, amazing. But yeah, and let okay, if we're just going like in in all directions, if we're going in the round uh on, on this draft <laughs> take, uh I felt okay. I'm forgetting your name, um, but I felt so bad for the blonde woman who seemingly had like 300 jobs on the night. Like she'd be walking around. She'd be like, follow me here. Follow me here. I'm at the TikTok center. No, oh, uh, that's Holly Rowe. Oh, that's Holly Rowe. Okay. I'm sorry. Like I, yeah. I, she was doing a good job, but I was like, you've given this woman too many jobs. Like she was <laughs> interviewing people at the table. Then she's coming back. Then she's like, I don't know. It was just what I was like. I was like, your whole broadcast is depending on her not taking a break. Um, I, I don't know if there's yeah, a union yeah. here, but like, please let this woman like take like have a seat for 10 minutes because, yeah, it was just like totally on. Um, but I don't know, like they could have had one more person in the quote unquote TikTok center. A hundred percent. But that's so I, funny to have a TikTok center and then have a landline. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, really, they're really like Asia in. Wilson is waiting for you. Like what? Like, we got some for Gen Z's. We got some for boomers. Are you in between? So sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the draft was exciting. Like, I feel like it was incredible to see like the journey of so many players, their, their families, you know, what they meant to the community. Like I also love the kind of like deference that was paid to, you know, like players that would be going to Seattle or Phoenix. Like there's such a, a, a like a, it, for me as a new WNBA fan, it really brought in the world of the WNBA more than I've ever experienced. Like it's not just current basketball. It's like there's legends, there's, you know, there's, there's new kind of like phenoms coming up. And then there's like the forces of the league, like whether it's like Sabrina or, you know, Stewie or, or, or whatever, it's just kind of like, yeah, you're seeing the fullness of, of the WNBA, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have this on our rundown, but did you see that tweet by LeBron James after the WNBA draft? And he was just like, how come they have to all do four years in college? Why can't they just go to the WNBA earlier? And it was like kind of interesting because I was like, well, they all have other jobs. <laughs> like It's just like right. not everyone retires a basketball player when you're a female basketball player. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, that, that's definitely a, that was interesting... my take on it. But maybe there's other takes to be had. I'm going to pull it up so I can. Quote sure. It well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll while you're pulling that up, I'll just say in, in general, I'm, I'm very pro um, players making money as like a, yes. as a philosophy. Uh, I think that when it comes to college sports, they probably are at a different place for for men and women. But. Also, you know, uh, if you like, we don't treat like like a pop star this way, for instance, right? Like if it's like a, a Drake or a Bieber and you can start making massive money or a child actor when you're, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, right. um, we don't stop them. So I think it's, yeah, for, for, I think for the top, top tier, like I like what the NBA is doing where they're offering this kind of in-between space in the G League and saying, if you don't want to go, if you're a one and done and you have a meaningless college experience where you might get injured and not paid, 
why don't you come here, make real money, and then continue on your professional path? Yeah. I, I think that is, there, there's a space for that because ultimately well, college sports can be kind of exploitative. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But yeah, I wonder if, I mean, I don't know. Le- LeBron's a big WNBA fan. So, well, the, the exact tweet is this. Uh, I'm sitting here after watching the WNBA draft uh, the other day and wondering why the hell do those young ladies have to stay in school for four years before being able to go pro? I'm confused. So, I mean, uh, I'm with both you and him and that it should be a choice. Like always, always, always. It should I didn't be know a it was choice. all four years. Wow. Allegedly. Um, but I think there's more incentive for women, for female athletes to stay in school than right. to go pro right away. Uh, I was also to your other point was seeing some takes online about how like the WNBA needs a, a G league and, it, and that might be true for like the players, but I mean, let's be real here. We got to lift up the WNBA a bit more before we can right. entertain the idea of a G league. Yeah. Cause well, I think money is a huge part of this and I think there's like, there's a, there's a, I mean, this is, I don't want to go in too much of a tangent mode, but there's a, a lot of different simultaneous things happen happening here. Like not just with the LeBron tweet, but there's a inequity of the two leagues of so the, the, the male and the female league. And then there's also this idea of like, what, like whose right is it to say that someone can't, and I'm dipping into our, our conversation a bit later in the pod, but whose right is it to say you can't earn money? at this given time. And I also think um, you want to protect players as best you can from being in a situation where, you know, could you imagine being like in a, what is it? uh, We're Canadian. So it's like fresh freshman, uh, sophomore, junior, senior. Can you imagine being a junior and you tear your ACL and you're headed to the WNBA and you have a tough time recovering from that? And you've been an amazing player and yes, you have a college education, but also you had a chance to like earn serious dough as an athlete. And that chance is now diminished. So yeah, I I'm definitely in favor of less rules around that, but um, yeah, it's not that the leagues aren't this in the same place yet. And I totally agree with you. Like the WNBA is having its own issues with money. Um, and has in the past. So it's not as if like a player is an instant millionaire when they come to the W. Yeah. I mean, all I can really say is like, I, you know, it should be a player's choice and that's yeah. going to be different for everybody. And um, this just adds to why we don't like the NCAA, honestly. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I, I love how there's no part of this conversation where the NCAA is like paying good salaries. Cause it's sort of like, <laughs> wait a second. The NCAA is making big money. Like I watched that finals game uh, where South Carolina won. And it's like, it big was money. on, it was, that was a big money game. Like ESPN, you know, the schools, like everyone made a, a ton of money off of that game, except the players, you know? So yeah. I think that's just inherently exploitative and problematic. So, you know, things need to be fixed. Absolutely. Um, the other thing we want to talk about in relation to the draft 
is that the WNBA finally made a statement about Brittany Griner. Yes. Um, so Commissioner Kathy uh, Engelbert, uh, she started the draft by saying, I want to take a moment to reiterate the WNBA support for Phoenix Mercury star Brittany Griner. Uh, please know that getting her home safely continues to be our top priority. And while we are facing an extraordinary complex challenge, there's strength in community, especially the WNBA. Uh, she went on to say, this is an unimaginable situation for Brittany Griner to be in. She continues to have her full support. Certainly, we're trying everything we can, every angle, working with her legal representation, her agent, elected leaders. Um, I'm not 100% sure what elected leaders means in this case. Mm -hmm. uh, the administration, just everybody in our ecosystem to try and find ways to get her home safely and as quickly as we can. Um so, yeah, it was nice to hear the WNBA finally speak on it. Uh, it's nice to know that they are being proactive about it. Um, I, you know, we've talked a lot before about this being a, a public versus a private conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I appreciate that they're doing everything they can behind the scenes. And I'm just going to assume for legal reasons and for other protective reasons around her that where you're not able to be privy to that, to that information. Um, but it's just nice to know that they're doing something. Yeah. And I think the, you know, we've been talking about this like every pod and I feel like it's sort of stuck in the mud right now. Like not a lot of like brand new developments. There was some talk, in the w in the you know WNBA draft about players doing different like shoe things because that was a big part of what uh Brittany does in Phoenix is yeah provides shoes to people who don't have them and you know some like some I'd say like larger gestures but I think the writing is on the wall a little bit here as far as like the WNBA lacks leverage and power in this situation which is why I feel like you hear the the like the alluding to our elected officials, which can mean like Anthony Blinken, uh, in you know, uh, Biden. I, I think it does go high up, and I feel like it's sort of a you know, yeah, the the you're negotiating, it's like a hostage negotiation, really, uh, at, at a more kind of like country to country bureaucratic red tape nefarious level. And I think as a, as a person or a fan, there isn't really a right move here. It's just upsetting and concerning. Yeah. I mean, I think the more I think about it, you know, I think why people are choosing to be quiet is because if we pressure the government to do something, then it could lead to something hasty if that makes sense and potentially create some larger problems some other way i don't know i mean it's just yeah it's delicate yeah it's delicate and it's confusing and it's upsetting and uh she has a court date mid-may Brittany does in russia there's no there's nothing else new to say about it they reiterated on the broadcast that officials are saying that she is okay whatever that means i think that just means she's physically okay mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, that's all. I mean, I don't know how she would be mentally okay. Yeah, like I think that's all that means when people say that she's okay. I just think they're referring to that she is physically okay, that she's not ill or anything like that. But um, yeah, really curious to see what's going to happen in May. Um, it's terrifying to wait for this court date to arrive and not have something done uh, before then. Is that crazy to say? No, no, I think, yeah, it's like we're sort of just trapped as like we're we're watching something terrible unfold and we don't we're not privy to understanding like the mechanisms. So, you, yeah, like as fans, as analysts, as as people, it's sort of it's it's a helpless scenario, which I think mm-hmm. is like extra scary. Um, OK, well, that's that's basically our draft coverage. Uh, we haven't done specific uh, profiles on the players, but all we'll say is that we're really looking forward to seeing everybody this season mm-hmm. and, and just watching their their overall development. Yeah. And we'll be able to like learn more about the players kind of like as they are introduced to the teams. And I'll also say as like a as a someone who loves drafts, I think it's it was kind of an interesting thing that there's three rounds and that there's such a large amount of WNBA players that get drafted that don't actually play in the league, which is sort of surprising to me. Like I mm. yeah, I'm not that familiar with that with like with the league that does that. Yeah. Um okay. Let's move on. Um this kind of leads us into our next uh, topic, which is something we have discussed about before, and that is prioritization mm-hmm. and overseas play. So in the WNBA, uh, what the owners want and have wanted, and it's been an ongoing uh, conversation since the very beginning of the league, is prioritization. And what that means is that when players sign contracts with uh, certain teams, that they will have to prioritize the WNBA over other leagues. And this has been an issue, again, since the beginning, because as we know, and what has been very much highlighted in the Brittany Griner case Mm -hmm. is that players make literally four times more money overseas than they do in the WNBA. So it's not really a fair ask to ask players to have prioritization in the WNBA when they make more money elsewhere. And now at the beginning of this season, we're starting May 6th, which is typically a bit early for the WNBA. They're starting early for the FIBA World Cup, uh, which starts in September. So it's becoming a greater issue as other leagues internationally also beef up. And, you know, my personal opinion, Freddie, and I think you'll agree, is I think the WNBA uh, team owners are just being extremely selfish, frankly. Like, I, you know, we saw, um, um, oh, why is, why is my name blanking on this? The new Aces coach, Becky Hammond. Mm-hmm. We see that Be- Becky Hammond is getting paid a million dollars a season, which is four times the salary of the top WNBA players in the league. So we know the money is there. So it's like, if you can pay your top coach a million dollars, you can pay your top player a million dollars. Yep. And if you're giving them that kind of money, then you're in a position to negotiate prioritization, but to negotiate prioritization 
when you're only paying them so much and you're solely leaning on the fact that you're in America and basically nothing else is extremely selfish and unfair to me. I, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like, you know, yeah, reading this, uh, this ESPN article by, uh, I think it was at, uh, contributors were, uh, Alexa, Phil, uh, Philippo, uh, Philippo, uh, sorry for, for the mispronunciation and Kevin Pelton, lots of good, interesting points. And like my, yeah, my, my jump to is always sort of, how dare you when you can't, when you can't kind of like give that equal money, but you're also, you know, doubling down on the punishment, like players in their first three years are allowed to, and then after the third year, they start getting punished. If they miss a certain date, they're suspended for the season. It's just like, I feel like you don't grow anything by looking at it through a punitive lens. Like mm-hmm. that just, that just to me exudes weakness. It's sort of like, you know, it's like you're grasping at straws. And I think you nailed it with like the American thing where it's sort of like, but this is a, the U.S. league, you know, it's the best. It's like, well, it's not paid the best. And well, I think, yeah. yeah, sorry. And just just adding to that, like, it's so bizarre that in America, there is such a strong infrastructure for athletes at a really young age and then to develop uh, into, you know, through universities and into the NCAA tournaments and then for that to just abruptly end. Yeah, hundred percent is really bizarre, and so and it's very obvious that it's all motivated by money because the universities make a lot of money off of women's basketball, yep. and obviously they make even more by not having to pay the players anything. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's like this sort of anticlimactic thing that the WNBA is what's next because it's not all that's next, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think players have so many options in the W because there's that lack of like top tier money. And I think also, you know, reading this article it brought some new things into play, like what complicates this. And, and again, I'm not pro prioritization, but I think what does complicate it is that the league is navigating this like intense schedule, like, I don't know, hanging cloud where it's like we have to be in between the start of the NBA and the NHL. And we have to be like before the world championships. And like, this is our time for TV contracts. And it's like, we can't, you know, like bring this, this, like we can't make the schedule of the league that much longer. Like there's just so many different, there's so many different kind of barriers to this. And Okay, sorry, I'm I'm going in a lot of directions, but I, I have two big points I want to drop on you, if I, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. So one, just follow me here for a sec, and I think I've sort of said things like this before, but I recently started watching the uh, the Adam McKay Lakers Winning Time <laughs> yeah. show, and it's a reminder of like the early days of the of the NBA, and obviously that story's written with with Dr. Jerry Buss. He basically came into something that was perceived as not having value and he saw the value and was, was kind of like, I'll pay like, this is wild. This is going to be huge. I'm building something. And Davis is doing that for Vegas. Uh, And 
so are um oh god i'm blanking out the uh the the owners uh who've talked about before in this podcast for the liberty mm-hmm. um who also own alibaba in china like money is not an issue but it's a, it's a hard cap salary league where the, you know under the guise of like growing the entire league they're actually kind of like stunting these potential moments for exponential growth like if you have a billionaire millionaire who wants to just go wild with this league fighting that is insane. And, and, you know, we've covered it before with like the finding of the private jets for the Liberty. It's, it's just, it's like anti-growth. And I think, I don't know what the exact answer is, but I feel like fighting that growth is just, is, is instinctually wrong. And the roadmap to growing the league is, is not about fighting people who want to give the league money. Mm-hmm. what's what's your other point the other point is that it's kind of like a count thank you see you know me so well that you're like that meandering thing one point minimum um but my second point is that i thought this was interesting in the article it's a uh I believe it's a quote from uh sue bird and and she was saying uh i don't know that a, a page beckers and all the kids coming up behind her will ever need to go overseas, Bird said. Why do we go? Mostly because there's a ton of money. Some people go to work on their games, but some people also go. And Diana Tarasi will tell you this. She went because of the money and because she's a basketball player. And that's what basketball players do. They want to play. But now we have Athletes Unlimited, which is like a a short five-week kind of like several different sports league in, in one city. Uh, Three, uh, three on three is getting bigger. So there are more ways to play at home. If I'm 25 and I can make anywhere close to the same money playing at home, I stay home, but everyone is different. Right. So that I feel like is interesting. Cause it's like, is, is Sue saying that as an ambassador of the league, that's hopeful for growth or is she signaling to younger players that actually the money's there because because Engelbert in the same article well, probably sort of both. about other opportunities like they're trying to generate other revenue. So I think the league's trying. But anyways, I go back to the original thing where it's like you can't punish. You know, yeah, like you, 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 well, you can't. He, yeah. yeah, here's the scary thing. The Brittany Griner situation changes this. Yeah, because it's going to give owners more leverage to negotiate this with equal or lesser pay than what currently exists. Mm. Like this really complicates it. Don't you think that's a good point and crappy at the same time? Yeah. Cause they're, you know, the thing about owners is that they're not necessarily passionate about basketball and it's not even the only thing they own. Yeah. No, the, the makeup of owners in, in, Pro sports is like, yeah, it's very fanciful and often they own many different things and they're exuberant personalities who, you know, and we've talked about this before, but a lot of the WNBA owners use it as a, as a place to stash money and they're actually not super interested in the growth of the league or the team, which is fi- why I find some of the like, oh, it's all about the growth talk rich. Like it's a little bit like, is it? And I go back to your point where, I think there's some greedy ownership. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how this unfolds. Like, I think um, 
you know, a lot of players have spoken out against prioritization in the WNBA, but I think Brittany's situation changes that and, and we'll see how it evolves. A uh, real quick moment of comic relief, if you'll indulge me here. Yeah. Um, my, I'm seeing my mom uh, on Sunday uh, for Easter, mm-hmm. and uh, she just decided to message me and say, if you have paper shredding, you can bring it with you. <laughs> Amazing. Great. So those crimes we committed, it's time to shred those, Catherine. What? I guess for tax season, like it was very like, you know, it was like a very out of context. Uh, I've never had enough thing. money to shred anything, but that's a goal of mine. I know we don't either. We yeah. do not either. My brother is very into shredding paper and I'm like, nobody, nobody wants what you have. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what I would shred, but like, you know, I, it, I would like to shred something for sure. Yeah, uh, let's move on quick uh, to the WNBA uh, fantasy mm-hmm. uh, league team. What do we call it? Fan- do we just call it fantasy full stop? Yeah, I guess WNBA fantasy sports, fantasy basketball. Um, Freddie, you wanted to talk about this, but my question for you is, uh, are we doing it? Uh, I-, I hope so. I was going to ask you the same thing. I love fantasy. So I, I've, I've already played in a WNBA fantasy league, but it wasn't through ESPN. And it was through like, I, I can only describe it as, and, and if you're listening, I'm not trying to insult you, but the website looked like it was from 1989. What uh, was it called? I forget what it was Did called. Websites but it, exist in 89. Probably not. But it was one of those, like, you know how like like people made fun of like the Looney Tunes original website, which is like there's like three things you could click on. Yeah. This was like that. And it was like so confusing. And we had fun playing it and learned a little bit about the league. But it's definitely like, yeah, my main take on this is that this is like a moment for uh, for for the W in the same way that them being part of 2K is where it's just another mm. way for fans to consume. Like it's it's going to be fun to think about who the best players are versus who the best fantasy players are like the rank number one is Tina Charles. Cause she's just like a walking bucket, but I don't know if Tina Charles is going to be like a legit MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. So that thing for fantasy is always kind of fun to me. Cause it's more of an offensive thing. I love it. Um, I think this would be great to uh, get involved in. And then we could talk about it uh, throughout the season as it starts soon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It is time for uh, Freddie's fun question. And today, or actually, you know what, uh, Freddie, I'll let you take it from here. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was just, you know, the, the draft was such a fun, uh, a lot of things going on. And yeah, it was fun to watch. So my question to you and, and me is uh, if you were to be drafted in the WNBA, I understand the uh, irony uh, that I would never be drafted into WNBA. Sure, obviously. but this is just how but, you know, yeah. Um, who would you bring with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would your like speech be? Uh, and, and when I say speech, like your, uh, you know, your your first interview, and uh, what would you wear? Okay, so I'd have to bring my mom and my brother out of obligation, but they're not like party people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. So I need to bring a few party people with me. Uh, probably you. Why not? Let's throw Huge. you in the mix. Feels good. Uh, my friend Georgia, my friend Chris, uh, a few other few other party peoples, you know, f- really fill out a, a table of like maybe eight or so. 
So my mom, my brother, and people who want to party with me after. That's who I'm bringing. Okay. Um, sorry, the other part was the shout out. What am I saying? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, because like, like, I think sometimes people will thank God. They'll say, like, I'm coming here to work hard. Like, what's, oh, what's yeah. your angle? So you know? I'm going to shout out to my therapist. Huge. Right. Because I'm not get, I, I'm not getting that far in <sighs> life without that. my therapist. I love that. So shout out to my therapist. Uh, and uh, could I thank God? Sure. But I'm probably, you know, God knows what's up. Uh, I'm not, not a big, like, I've got a, you know, glory to God person, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I would wear is, okay. I've had this in my mind for a while, Okay, but you know, like the blazer dress. Yes. Have I you do. seen it? It's like a blazer, but then it's like also a dress. Mm-hmm. I want one that is lime green. Okay. And with like, with like big like black buttons like three on each sleeve but like fancy buttons you know what i mean yeah and then on the dress and then and then like a black like trim on the edges of the blazer yeah like it like it has a nice black trim like running through it and like a decent amount of cleavage but i'm not gonna fall out fair yeah like like you're, yeah. you're letting people know what's up, but like, not like what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to stick the landing there. And I'm like, Freddie, you're in a dangerous spot. Be careful. You know, <laughs> um, I think you, I think you stuck the landing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm going to wear. And then the shoes. Um, uh, I'll wear a heel. I never wear heels, but this is an occasion. So it's not going to be the highest heel, but a heel. And I, I think I'll go with a hot pink heel. Ooh, I like it. Right. Just to switch up the accessorizing a little bit. Hot there. pink, lime yeah. green. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like lime green is not a color I wear very often, but like I can pull it off. Oh yeah. You could rock it for so sure. I, so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I gotta, similar to you, I gotta bring the, I gotta bring, I have three brothers, gotta bring the brothers, uh, gotta gotta bring my mom. Yeah. You have a bigger family and, uh, yeah, gotta bring you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Let me just one up you though. Oh, I'll I'll break the confidentiality agreement and I'm going to bring my therapist. So my, yeah, my therapist is going to be at the table. People are going to be like, is that, is that appropriate? And I'll be like, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, We'll discuss it later. It's not appropriate, but we'll discuss it later. Yeah. My my therapist later will be like, you shouldn't have brought me. Thanks for inviting me. But also our relationships terminated. Yeah. Also, we're going to discuss boundaries and I'm going to transfer your file. Yeah. I'm going to have to transfer your file ASAP. Uh, my speech, I don't know what exactly it would be, but I would just be going full brand. Like I would like, I would come in with a brand plan. Like, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Like if it's like, uh, if I have like a Anthony Davis style, like brow, I would enhance that. Um, like but what is your brand? You got to know that's part of the, that's okay. part of the whole thing. You gotta know I'll, what your I'll say is. this. Uh, I don't know if it's all if it's all Nicaraguans, but me and my brothers, we all have like this. Like, <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. We all have this hair patch on the bottom 
like right near her butt. <laughs> so we were talking about this earlier. Crop tops are in. I'm yes. going to work. I'm going to work that into my outfit. We talked I, about that before we started recording. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm going full crop top. I'm going to show off my like, yeah, like my Nick Rockwin patch in the back there. And I'll be like, like, like patch boy or whatever. OK, um, so this is what I picture that you're wearing a shirt, you're wearing pants, like a nice dress pants belt. Um, but the blazer and the shirt underneath the blazer are crop topped. You got it. Um, does anybody want that? Probably. Or not. is it like reverse mullet? So like short in the <laughs> back and long in the front. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Uh, but yeah, my, my brand. Just is to show so off the patch. Person. I love that. It's not even a tattoo that you're trying to show no. off. It's just a hairy. Patch. It's just hair in a weird spot. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, so, but wait, is that what you're wearing? That leads into the third thing. What are you wearing? Well, yeah, I feel like yeah, crop top blazer uh crop top shirt and yeah some really nice pants but like i wouldn't mind doing something wild where it's like one leg's white and the other leg's black you know what i mean and then maybe like i don't know i'm (laughs) i have no style so i'd be the mix of like crop top and the riddler let's say um I'm, i'm coming in with big riddler energy like so so one pant leg black one pant leg white yeah we've and then got the a crop shoes. top situation you got it long sleeves are short all i'm gonna say is i butchered my own question uh as in like this is probably the worst answer to any of the questions because i i've been revealed uh i i don't have actual style so this is me like i'm one i'm like i'm like when a kid when you ask a kid to draw a horse when they're or, or, or a car when they're a little kid and it's like very misshapen. That's me when I ask, when I'm asked about style. Oh my like, God. I just want more and more and more. And I, I have no idea how things work together. So, okay. And then what are you going to say? Yeah, I'm basically just going to like go off on like, like either a political issue or like just like, <laughs> <laughs> or I'll like highlight my like Instagram. Like I'm pure self promotion. Like I'm one of those people where like I want, I want. <laughs> everyone watching to be like that person is nuts i gotta see what they well, do they'll the get court. that from the outfit yeah exactly right <laughs> and then and then once i start talking they're like oh my god he's like he's just like the outfit i like, think your speech would be like uh i don't know if people know this but uh nicaraguans all have uh <laughs> patches on their back so shout out and then you just turn around and you point at it and then you just like walk away yeah. And then a bunch of Nicaraguans would complain and be like, we don't have that. This you don't spe- speak for me. Yeah. This is specific to we don't Freddy's have that family. That's yeah. from your mom's side. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, a little bit of controversy. The, and I, I think well, I now I want to know what your political issue is. My is political any, any issue. And all, you should do like remember when Joaquin Phoenix won his Oscar for the Joker mm-hmm. and he just mushed every political issue he could in his speech and he was talking about like cows and like sucking on the teat of a cow and like all this random wow he just went on and on and on about like every issue well i don't know if i could it was like barely coherent yeah i'd be like yeah climate change and um (laughs) oh that's a fun way to approach it just list them off Climate yeah, change, yeah. Climate human change. trafficking, equality, equality. Yeah, um, we got to <laughs> fix it. 
we, we got to fix it. I, I love how your, your political issue is not enough things are fixed. So <laughs> let's get a fix in world. Let's fix it. And then, and then you storm off. Okay. Well, yeah. Freddie, uh, I think I won. Not that it was a contest, but no, you won. Um, that was really fun. Uh, as the question promises. Yeah, Freddie's fun question. Uh, just being silly. Freddie's confusing uh, question. Thanks again uh, for everyone listening. Uh, I don't know if we're doing an episode before the season starts. We yeah, might. Th- this turnaround so so tight, but um, I, I I think we 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 might get one in there. But um, we'll, we'll we'll be back in two weeks regardless, and uh, coming at you with good WNBA content. Uh, thanks again. And, uh, Freddie, if, uh, people don't know, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, yeah. Check me out on Twitter or the gram, um, at Freddie Revis or at Freddie Noel Revis, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-S. And, um, yeah, check out my Raptors podcast on the, uh, on Raptors Republic and also, you know, support all the podcasts on the Sonar Network. Absolutely. And uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. My WNBA podcast, Buckets and Tea, also available on Raptors Republic. And uh, thanks again. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Yeah.